word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for the blessing that comes with your holy word. And we bless you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Open up our understanding. Open up revelation. Things we can apply to our life. Let us take it to heart. Put it into action. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. So I thought I'd uh, pose a question to you today. Is your walk a walk or is it a crawl? Amen. Is it a walk or is it a crawl? Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. According to Second Corinthians five seven, and we all understand that because when you start out in the kingdom, or at least I started out this way, I started out with a lot of problems and a lot of promises. And so I think as you when you think about your initial encounters before you even taught anything about the faith movement or the faith doctrine or anything like that you put your faith in God because you needed to you know if you had marital problems you had to trust God because they were beyond your ability to resolve on your own in fact there was no hope for a resolution for a lot of things in our lives and so the fact that you look to God to help you means that you used your faith and I think sometimes we don't put it together that way we think that uh, when we started hearing say Brother Hagen's teachings or Norville Hayes' teachings or uh, the Copeland's teachings whoever we think is being quote unquote faith giants um, we think about that's when we learned about faith but actually uh, you were you learned about faith when you were born again because you believe you're going to heaven you've never been there you've never seen the place you don't know the address you, you never had a free ticket there but you believe firmly in the unseen called heaven and so when we think about it then everything we do has to be done by faith and that we don't like so much we like getting everything kind of instantly and we don't like the struggle that comes with living by faith or or we make it your carnal mind really is the enemy of your supernatural faith so your carnal mind is always going to think oh boy here we go this is tough it's too hard I don't have enough of this or I don't have enough of that or it's not going to come fast enough you know I'll never be able to enjoy it you know all that thing and so we 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 don't really understand uh faith as much as we probably think we do and in some ways we understand a little better than we think we do and so we have to kind of pull things together and understand what it means to live by faith what it means to walk by faith I think of walking by faith as walking with God every day every day connecting with him in a living way and and it starts with how you start your day if you start out worshiping God uh, not being fearful about your day coming when I say fearful I mean anticipating what problems you're going to have if you get up every day expecting a good day expecting God to be with you to help you accomplish things to help you uh, solve problems when they arise because they will arise it's a promise you will have trouble in this world but to be a good cheer because God has overcome the world and so as long as you are connected with him you hold on to his hand 
and then you have an opportunity uh, to come out on top and come out, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, victorious, uh, successful, all of the things that we desire because you connect with God. So really walking by faith includes walking with God and walking with his vision of things. And you walk more in a knowing that things are going to come to you uh, knowing that everything's available to you knowing that you have no worries that you have no fears uh, because God is with you and so when we walk by faith not by sight it means that the sight things don't move us so if you were just walking by faith you'd be walking with God and there would have be no mention of the natural but here it says not by sight so that's a no there's a no-no in there You can't focus on what is seen in the natural realm and you can't be moved by it. You can't make decisions based on it. You have to stay connected totally to God. Move when he says move. Be concerned when he says be concerned. He tells us to be anxious for nothing. Uh, but in all things, the reason you cannot be anxious, so this isn't a, a mind game with you, so that you know the difference. When he says, "Be," you ever, you ever notice like sometimes in the natural, people will move in almost a denial of problems. You know, something will come up and they'll immediately laugh at it or say, well, I'm not worried about that. And they really are. Until they really are. And so what what faith entails is that instead of shrugging things off as non-important, because they are important. If they weren't important, the devil wouldn't mess with them. Amen. And so instead of shrugging it off and saying, oh, I'm not worried about it, I'm not concerned, which you know is a lie. The Bible tells you to deal with it and then let it go. So you don't immediately say, oh, that's not a big deal, or uh, I'm not worried, or you know, try to laugh at it, and all that kind of stuff. I had a neighbor when I was a younger, we were much younger growing up, as a matter of fact, we were children, and I remember she had a funny laugh where she laughed at everything, and she said, I just laugh to keep from crying sometimes, you know, because she couldn't do anything about it. And so, but that's not what we do as believers we don't laugh to keep from crying we put our request before God and our problem is dealt with at the throne room and then the peace of God which passes all understanding comes into our hearts and our lives and we live in that peace because the problem settled so you got to get the problem settled somewhere. You can't just shrug it off and say, oh, I'm not worried. And you know you haven't settled it. Having peace is far different than being not worried. I'm going to say it again. Having peace is far different than not being worried. See, you can be in denial and push something out of your mind and not worry about it and not have dealt with it at the throne to get peace. At the throne there is a transaction. You hand over God, your problem to God in total confidence that he, will, he is answering it. No fail. It will come to a good conclusion. And then you get his peace. You don't get it without that trans- transaction. So let your request be made known to him. And then his peace. 
that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds so you can't walk by faith without peace if you're walking any other way you're not walking by faith you're just trying to ignore the problem or trying to pretend it's not there it's never been dealt with Uh, walking by faith means being assured of a positive answer got me you you cannot walk by faith and not have an assurance of a positive outcome and a positive answer. You have to have that in order to walk by faith. Other than that, you're just guessing, you're just maybeing, you're just out there. You think you're walking with God, but you're you've not made that connection with him that makes it all final. See, we think faith is just feeling like everything's gonna be rosy and you never connect with God faith means you connect with God on these things you got me even though sometimes you may be um, um, you know how sometimes you you brought something to God so many times you kind of walk in an assurance that it's going to be given to you without asking so to speak that's walking by faith as well because that's a faith you've already established in him now if you walk that way for a season and things are still troublesome you gotta go back and pray you gotta go back and figure out how to fix it because your peace is being disturbed so whenever there is not total peace about something that means it has not been dealt with properly at the throne of grace Make note of that because see we have a lot of people running around thinking they're peaceful and really what they've done is push stuff out of their mind so it's not bugging them as much. And you've never come to a, a deal with God. You've never dealt with it. You've never gotten the assurance. And, and But you think you have. See, it's, There's a presumption of peace there when there's no peace. And so when we have uh, issues like this, we have to go to God until we have it settled. It's got to be settled on the inside of you that you have a done deal. You're expecting nothing but good. And you work through that fear and that difficulty and that challenge is coming to you. So we do walk by faith. Amen. And But sometimes your faith walk is not a quote-unquote walk. It's more like a crawl. You got me? Uh, because when, when you talk about walking by faith, we have, we have this little thing in our, our minds. And I think what, what we do, uh, your, your mind kind of thinks about things in steps and formulas. You know, it, it, it's just the way the human mind is, especially your carnal mind. Now, your mind of your spirit may not be, you, the mind of your spirit is full of grace. And so uh, your spiritual mind is comfortable waiting on an answer from God and trusting in that answer. But your carnal mind tends to get involved sometimes and it will get disturbed if the little steps aren't followed. So uh, pretty much most people look at their life as when they have a problem or something comes up. They look at that answer coming in three steps. Number one is to pray. Number two is to wait. And number three is to receive. 
we look at that as being upright steps. In other words, you're, you have that's your dignified position to get what you need from God. Oh yeah, well we'll pray about this and, and uh, we'll thank God for it and, and wait for it to come and, and then we'll receive it. And that's what most people in their dignified and upright thinking think it's supposed to work like. It's supposed to work like clockwork. And we can wait, you know, long enough. Well, while you're waiting, don't let yourself get discouraged. Okay, so I'm going to stay in my word. I'm going to meditate on the word. If I think I'm going to worry, I'll reverse that and start thanking God for it instead. You see what I'm saying? All this standing on your own two feet, dignified, upright stuff that we think is going to happen. This is how it's supposed to happen. This is your little formula. This is your little step. This is your this and this is your that. What we don't factor in is number one, the devil hindering it. Which still happens. It's real easy for him to hinder something. All he got to do is start playing with your head about how long it's been taking. Because that works on everybody. See, when you see it's a long time. What's a long time, devil? Well, what I tell you is a long time. When I say it's a long time, it's a long time. Don't question me. It's a long time. And then you agree. Yeah, it is a long time. It's, it's been a long time. <laughs> well, according to your step and formula, it's supposed to be happening now. It ain't supposed to take that long. Because remember, Sister So-and-So had the same thing happen. She had hers the next day. And Mother, what's her name on the front bench, had the same thing happen or similar stuff happen. And they got it in two days. So why is it taking so long? Huh? And then we start bugging God about it. Why is it taking so long, God? Huh? Well, one reason is might be you never received faith for it. And people claiming things all the time, never looked in the words, see what the word says. They just want it. You got me? <laughs> Wanting it and needing it are not the same thing as having faith for it and having dealt with it at the throne room of God. So what the enemy eventually does is reduces our walk, our dignified, upright walk, waiting on our steps to be completed to a crawl. <laughs> Because then you begging God, oh God, what I do wrong? Oh God, show me what to do. Oh, 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 if I got to wait another day, I'm going to shoot my brains out. If I can get up to heaven, I'd steal it. I just can't take it no more. Right. So, your dignified posture. You know how faith people do. They get up and preach and talk about, yeah, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, I just get my confession out. You know, whenever it, you know, that's another man stepping formula. See what I'm saying? He's just stepping in formula and you to death. Huh? I get my, I check out my, my, is there any sin in my life? If it was, Holy Spirit lets you know the minute it happens. And he ain't slow letting me know anything. And you know that to be true for yourself, too. So I gotta check my everything. Everybody wants to walk and be dignified, and nobody takes into account the crawl aspect of walking by faith. Amen? 
it's like walking walking your your children you know those of you who are parents remember how excited you were and the baby came yeah, 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 yeah. everything they do is exciting every new little thing you know you watch them to death and then you had a couple of them and you say oh is he walking oh yeah that's good get him some more shoes and let's take him to school you know <laughs> get to show on the road it's not a novelty anymore but anyway when you when you're excited parent and you see him you know it's always flipping over on his stomach now you know what that means hmm? getting ready to crawl nine months he be walking in and then he ain't walking he just flipped over this is only that one time he said well let me talk him to the doctor there's something wrong with me <laughs> what's wrong with my baby <laughs> so we all have expectations of being upright and walking dignified you know no assistance needed we walk by faith <laughs> not by sight no assistance needed <laughs> you know baby start pulling up on furniture you know ooh, that's exciting how long can he stay up there and they get up there and start bouncing bounce bouncing they hit the floor again <laughs> they can't believe they got up you know because they want to do more suddenly they say shoot i've been laying down for nine months wanting to do this now i'm up here and boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and they fall and you know take a few steps fall take a few steps fall but they keep getting up don't they amen now they may crawl reduce back to crawling for a season but they always try it again uh-huh. that's what we gotta learn we gotta do because if you fall in your attempts to walk and you have to begin to crawl know that you will not be crawling forever you will eventually stand up right and you will walk again and that's an assurance from God so the crawl aspect is necessary to get your footing back to get your composure back to get your your placement back from God it just means your step and formula position is not working like it's supposed to right now amen so you're not going to breeze through this thing and you know in 90 days I'm going to have this resolved and it's not going to haunt me anymore amen there are crawl seasons for everybody you know the best of them in the Bible had to crawl for a season amen because they could not walk continually and so we have to understand that that crawling aspect of walking with God is 100% necessary amen it's 100% necessary because it's a part of getting uh, being steadfast in your walk write that down you need to be steadfast in your walk you understand what I'm saying it's it's not about just getting things it's about developing your ability to stand before God it really is if you develop your ability to stand eventually your little step and formula that's so important to you <laughs> it will be an established thing I mean you won't falter you won't waver you won't mostly we crawl because of unforeseen situations that come in there there's some things that we don't anticipate that are a part of the walk with God there's trouble we don't anticipate and you can't let trouble throw you 
you just have to crawl your way through it as long as you're going forward you're making progress but you have to continue to plow your way through things you really do and so trouble is what causes us to crawl if you have an obstacle that you can't stay flat footed and confront then you have to drop down and find your way in God you know crawling is really repositioning yourself but still wanting to go forward crawling entails using what strength you have to keep going forward you notice that your 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 uh, toddlers when they begin to walk they they're point it somewhere like you know they get up and and take those little steps you know boom 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 and fall if they decide they don't want to get up right then they'll crawl but they still get to where they're going you see what I'm saying they're still going to have something someplace in mind they want to go and they're determined to get there well humility will keep you going forward amen Pride will cause you to stop because your step and formula ain't working. You got me? So when you're disappointed that the way you thought it was going to work out does not work, if you humble yourself and get low with it, (laughs) get down on your knees and begin to crawl, at least you're going forward. Don't sit there and and whine, you know, and and not, you know. Sometimes babies want you to pick them up instead of them get up themselves, and they'll sit, hit the floor on their little butts, and sit there and start crying. And and good parents will let them cry until they figure out they can move themselves. You understand? You get tired of picking them up every time they hit their little behinds, and and you pick them up and carry them. You'll understand. I do better letting this baby cry this out and get himself, because eventually he gonna get the message. I ain't mommy coming to pick him up every time he cries. Amen. And so they get on their own and they begin to walk. Well, that's what God does with us. Amen. He won't pick us up and pet us when things don't go our way. He will allow you to figure it out. You know what? Maybe I just need to stay in this position. Quit expecting everything to happen like clockwork in my life. And factor in that there's something more important going on here than me having my step and formula understanding of things. And I can move on from the position that God has me in. Amen. I can crawl and get a little bit farther instead of having to have it my way all the time and having to walk you got me it's just that simple and so if we will establish ourselves as people who are our faith people you will understand that faith does not work by formula faith is a formula within itself and faith sees a goal that you are working toward and whatever however you position yourself that's how you get there you got me so you have to kick out all your preformed ideas because God's not going to come that way anyway he's not going to do it he's not going to do it the way you want him to do it he will do it the way that's best for you he has a plan what he's trying to develop in our lives 
You got me? And so his plan is to walk. His plan is to crawl. His plan is to whatever position. But his plan definitely is that you will get there. Amen. You will get there. And so if we'll determine to get there. That's the goal. The goal is you get there. Write that down please. Please, you know, focus on getting it in you because this is how you get it in you. Amen. Focus on that. The goal is that you get there. It's not how you get there. It's not the vehicle that carries you. And if you think about it, it what difference is like people who will say things. Well, I ask God for this and that, and uh, but I want to get it myself you know like people who you know girl that I need a new outfit and somebody blesses them with some clothes they get furious with God because they want money to get it well the last time he gave you money you didn't do what you said you're gonna do with it you got me so why would he give you more money if you're not being faithful if you really want clothes he'll get you clothes now I found this out if you really want ask they say don't call the dog if you want the cat ask for what you want if you want money to throw away say God send me money so I can throw it away you got me you can't you can't mock God I mean he's been at this so long he's had better children than us he's had worse children than us he's had all kind of offspring in the family and he knows that he's still God amen he still knows what he's doing he's still able to do everything we ask him to do and so if we will trust him that we are still getting there why is it when nothing real hot and swift is going on we think we're not making any progress huh when you're not in your stepping formula mode walking upright and everything's flowing like it's supposed to and you know we can thank God for something for for about a week before we start questioning where is it that was taking so long and so we have to learn that the walk is really sometimes a crawl. We have all kinds of postures in our walk with God. Micah 7 8 tells us verse 7 if we'll start there therefore I will look unto the Lord I will wait for the God of my salvation does it sound like walking upright all the time which is stepping your formula you look to God and you have to wait for the God of your salvation to either respond to you to set it up for you to tell you the next move my God will hear me he says rejoice not against me O my enemy in other words devil don't try to make fun of me when I fall because I shall arise huh and when I sit in darkness the Lord will be a light to me so don't think I ain't ain't out here on my own you know what are you laughing at I got a God who picks me up when I fall amen and when I am in darkness he is a light to me so don't make fun of me devil don't count me out huh (laughs) 
and that's all he's doing when he reminds you how long it is he's trying to he's trying to make it seem like it won't happen for you huh uh-uh no devil i might be down on my can right now but god is there to pick me up when i fall he picks me right up and if i sit in darkness he's still a light to me huh in other words my darkness is way lighter than than your lightest light is devil huh because god is my light and so we have to understand that god has a remedy for all of these little positions we find ourselves in sometimes crawling is you know if you parents have adult children sometimes crawling is having to humble yourself to your children when you've been the boss all these years and they start giving you a lip when they get older and then it's more lip the older they get and then it's more lip the older they get but haven't you been praying for them to be successful people to be independent to be able to take care of themselves uh, that means cutting umbilical cords. Boom, boom, boom. Huh? And so we have to realize that God is is developing a continual humility in us. That's the reason. It's for us to be continually humble. That's the reason for the crawl. You got to stay that way. Anytime you start to you start getting smarter than God, you're expecting your answer in X number of days, and if it don't come, I got a beef, huh? So we think we got a beef with God because He's not on our schedule. <laughs> Forget that He's God. I got a schedule to keep. <laughs> and so it is just that way, where where God begins to help us to learn His ways. This is the most important thing that you learn God's ways. It's not important you get everything you ask Him for. We we really have to grow up to the level we're trying to aspire to. When you start growing up in God, you understand that it's not your ways that are important. It's getting there and developing in what God wants you to develop in. Amen. So when we have to crawl, we have to crawl. But you can still be in the will of God when you're crawling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, we think when it's, it's all gravy and it's all faith and it's all this, and all, we think that's wonderful. That's the height of Christian living is when it comes real easy and it flows real good and all that stuff. But the crawl is part of getting there too. Amen. Um, So we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. Eventually we'll get to Acts chapter 9. But I want you to turn to Philippians 3. Because Paul began with a walk. He was very, very highly qualified as a religious leader under the Old Covenant, under the the laws of, of um, uh, Moses and so forth. He was blameless, always being faithful, making the sacrifices and offerings and all of that. Worship at the temple. He was taught by a very highly valued religious leader. So in Philippians 3, and verse, start in verse 4, Paul says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has something to, that he might trust in the flesh, I have more. He's highly valued as far as trusting in the works of the law by the flesh. 
circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law blameless. But what things were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. So there is a point where your gains, your spiritual gains, must become a loss so that you can start where God wants you to start. Got me? That's true of everybody who goes further in God. There comes a point where God says, you know what? I blessed you at that level of knowledge, but let's wipe, get all the dishes off the table and let's set a new place for you. You're coming up higher at the table of God. And so we've got to push the old stuff off aside now. And i got to start you in a place where I can begin to groom you for the new thing that I'm going to put in your life. The uh, fireman, Mark Taylor, who received these prophecies about President Trump, uh, says that God began to visit him. Uh, in visions in the night and dreams and he was being visited at a time where he was very sick and very depressed and but that connection with God was the only life that he felt during that time now did God make him sick probably not but there is a point where God has to get us to a crawl position a position of helplessness, a position where we can't walk in our religious thinking of, you know, steps and forms, everything. See, the, the thing about God is he's a God of relationship. They had the law. The Jews had the law. Why did Jesus come if the law was so perfect? He wanted relationship. The law was so distant from us, it didn't take any change in us for us to obey the, the uh, Old Testament law. But relationship that comes with the new covenant with God dwelling on the inside of you, somebody living in your house, you got to get to know them. I don't care if they just rent, they got to use the front door or the back door, you got to pass them <laughs> somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, God wanted relationship. Why? Because it was necessary for us. We have to have relationship with God in order to get where we're going. You can't do it without knowing him, dealing with him, talking to him, letting him help you, letting him talk to you, letting him bless you, letting him correct you. That's relationship. And see, the relationship cannot be dictated to us where if if we had it our way, the only thing we'd ever want from God is blessings and stuff. We don't want teaching. We don't want understanding. We don't want correction. We don't want discipline. Well, any of that other stuff. Because it's alarming to us when it shows up. Like when we got to crawl and we can't have it when we want it and it's on schedule, then we're alarmed. Something's wrong. Well, something's right. Crawling is a part of walking. Just as much as standing upright is, it's a part of walking. So Paul was highly educated and zealous for the law, even persecuting the church. He was on top of the religious hierarchy, being a Pharisee. 
Under the old covenant this was an enviable walk with God until Jesus came. And then when at the coming of Christ everything changes for everybody. And Paul is no exception. At the coming of Christ things were going to have to change for Paul as well. The only thing is he was still trying to stick with his step and formula life of persecuting the church, going to the temple, getting letters, uh, going to the local temples, going and, and, and getting all the Christians out who were uh, Christians and not sticking with the old Jewish law. That was his life and he felt he was doing the right thing. How many of us? Well, I prayed already and I did this and I did that. Yeah, you have faith in it, you'll keep doing it. Well, to keep doing it means that I have to crawl. Well, what you going to do? Hmm? Many times we we hit we throw the word at something for a season and expect it to turn around immediately. Hmm? Hmm. We don't like having to crawl, having to labor with things. You know, sometimes if you're, uh, you've got symptoms in your body, we expect it to, if we say something to it one time, it better stop. If it don't stop, it's something ain't right. Now what do I do next? What's the next? Whining and fussing and carrying on. Well, faith continues to do the right thing, no matter how long it takes. Well, Sister So and So had it. You ain't Sister So and So. View you. Huh? You want something from God? You better do what He tells you to do. Huh? He tells you uh, that, that uh, you know, if you meditate on the Word day and night, it's life to those that find Him and health to all their flesh. While you fussing about what hasn't happened yet, you need to be meditating on the Word. See, we give ourselves away where the problem is pretty much immediately. Amen. We're not really convinced that the word works. If we did, we wouldn't complain about it not working. Because it's working. It works in the invisible realm. It's working. Huh? You have to believe it's working. Whether you see anything because we walk by faith and not by... So there you are. Back walking by sight again. Huh? You just told on yourself. Huh? And so when you walk by faith, you can't consider how you feel. What you see. You can't you can't give in to the natural senses. Huh? We are constantly checking our lives to see. And there's nothing to see when you walk by faith. Huh? And then to see. Hmm? Well, I believe I received it when I prayed. That's all there is to see, folks. That you believe you received it already. So quit checking yourself. Let's see where it is. When it's coming. It's not here yet. It takes discipline. And that's what God's after. He's after discipline. So in Acts chapter 9, we see Apostle Paul. He used to be walking. Now he's crawling. Uh-huh. 
9 verse 1 and Paul and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went into the high priest and asked of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way whether they were men and women he might bring them bound to Jerusalem and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him Saul Saul why are you persecuting me he said who are you Lord and the Lord said I am Jesus whom you persecute it's hard for you to keep kick against the pricks now Jesus said he was persecuting him because he was you get after people you're in big trouble with God amen and people get after you are in big trouble with God especially if God is if you're being obedient to what God has commanded you to do people who are in motion of obedience are defended highly by God you can't stop the move of God you can't stop the will of God and you can't stop the mission of God the Bible says the, the gospel is not hindered it's not bound the gospel's always free and people who carry the gospel are free as well you got me and so here Paul is he's been knocked off of his high horse we all say that but what does that really mean how about you and how about me well we get knocked off of our high horse we we thought it was so snap easy to get from point a to point b and now we got trouble getting there yeah we we in this ministry at least for how many years we had the conference 22 years something like that we have encouraged people continually to to use your faith to get your finances for things like that and every every so often somebody will say well I can't go because I don't have the money now we used to have that with everybody when we were all babies in this but God gave me a plan for people to be able to believe him for the finances so you got to believe God for extra money if you have enough money just to pay your bills you guys how are you going to increase your faith how are you going to be your quote-unquote millionaire prophecy you received or business person prophecy you received if you can't stretch your faith enough to get maybe a couple hundred extra dollars every six months to pay for a conference how are you going to get there if you don't start here and you can't tell people because I I used to try and do it but I found there was too much strife in that then I don't strive with people you know if you can't respect me as God's messenger for you and just let that word settle without arguing me back and forth you understand what I'm saying so when you get involved with that with people you just let them well we're reminding everybody to sow your seed for the conference expect God to bring but you don't understand because I get this and I only have that and that's all you'll ever have if you don't let God develop your faith and this is a an easy way to let him develop it got me 
well that's okay because I'll have the money I get paid so and so and then something breaks down in the meantime you don't have a washer you don't have a dishwasher you don't have a dryer you don't have a car running you don't have a this you don't have a that so eventually you'll either learn to develop your faith or you fall out with everybody and you go to the dumb church down the street where they don't pick on you see that's the truth see it's picking now what I'm trying to teach you how to use see it's one thing to see it in the bible and then you maybe do it or you don't do it but when somebody challenges you to put it into action for your good then you ticked off see (laughs) yeah yeah same thing with your health Mm -hmm. people start holding you as the minister responsible for them to be healed when you tell them to speak to it and they mad at you quit speaking push pull stick their mouth out huh and then they show you James <laughs> 417 hey, I'm supposed to call for the elders of the church and you are elder of the church it is your job to get me healed huh well according to you you could have been feeling better four days ago when this problem started if you use your own faith Hmm? calling for the elders of the church that that scripture really implies that you have tried using your faith already and somehow it didn't work for you it doesn't mean it's my responsibility to take care of your aches and your pains you passed by your help 15 days ago huh what is Proverbs 4.20 tell you you meditate on the word the word is medicine the same word I use at the altar is the same word you could use every day and take your medicine and make it your responsibility to maintain your health if I prayed for you once and it left you should be able to maintain your health just saying amen but we're loving people we give you a repeat until God says now tell them to take care of that amen (laughs) your faith could work back there just like it works right here if you understand the operation but see if I try to explain that to you I'm a mean person you got me this isn't uh, a nursery you got me it's not a it's a place where people start growing up in the things of God you want to stay a baby forever and God doesn't want you to stay there he wants you to grow up Paul said at the time you should be ministering to other people I got to minister to you again amen like little babies and so we have to let go of these things we have to understand that the purpose is for you to be able to walk by faith in your relationship with God you are learning to develop relationship with God the church is not your relationship the church helps you to develop relationship and maintain relationship with God because what's going to cause you to quit 
and backslide. That's why we got a prayer for backsliders, trying to call them back. Is the failure of you to understand the walk of faith. Because what the enemy likes to do is to get you now that he's got your attention about it's taking so long, he'll start comparing you with other people. And then we'll start suspecting them of lording it all over you because they got it going on and you poor little thing, you don't. You don't understand how his stuff don't work for me. Huh? Somehow you're different. It works for everybody else. So you start judging God as unrighteous when you do that. So you're in more trouble. So if you learn how to develop a faith relationship with God, you'll avoid all kind of trouble for yourself. Because trust me, your brothers and sisters in Christ have God uh, designed challenges for their faith just like you do. But the difference is the focus. Some people get inches in years in certain areas of their lives and they're still faithful. You can't get off square one and you want to walk away from it. Well, something's wrong there. Somebody didn't put in the effort they could. Somebody kept being distracted by the fact that it takes so long or they should be walking. They don't like crawling. Hmm? See, crawling is, is sometimes it's allowing God's people to help you when you need help. You got me? It's like you can make it work for you, your, your crawl. You can make it work for you. Because you can make up your mind, you know what, I don't have money to pay half my bills this month, but I'm going to go to church and believe God that some saint is going to give me a holy handshake and put $50 in my hand before I leave. Huh? Or the pastor's going to figure it out some kind of way and ask me how things are going. And if I can tell them honestly what's going on instead of, uh, I'm blessed. Yeah, we know that, but do you have the money? We ain't talking about that. Talking about something else. We don't want you to be sitting out on the tree lawn tomorrow. We want you to be in your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's up with that? That's just true. So you don't get anything, and you don't get no points for not having to ask for nothing. You know, you think that's some real big important thing. So what? You don't have to ask for something at some point. You need to, and you need to stay in a crawl position until you learn that's a normal part of walk with God. Amen. But God is still with you. Still help you. Talk to you. Tell you what to do. All of the above. So then Paul gets knocked off and, and Jesus you know he's the enemy of the church but now he's at a crawl and uh, he got blinded uh, there was a such a strong light from heaven a voice spoke to him verse 6 he trembling and astonished said Lord this is us when our steps and formulas don't work <laughs> We invent a new tongue for that. You know, I was so scared my tongues changed on me. I bet they did. 
So that's what you do when you're encounter with God. When you get knocked off of your step and formula religious thing, you keep your nose up in the air because everything's going well. Yeah, not a whole drill, folks. <laughs> Trembling and astonished. That's us. Then we want to know, Lord, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Your tongues change on you again. Well, what is the first thing the Lord do for us? He elevates us. What did he tell Paul to do? He said, arise. In other words, get up. I am the lifter of your head. Like in Micah 7, if I get knocked down, don't laugh at me, enemy, because the Lord is picking me up right away, right away. Told him, get up and go into a city. You're talking to a blind man, Jesus. But we walk by faith and not by... I don't care how incapacitated you are, how low you feel. You can still walk by faith. Amen. So this begins Paul's faith walk. He is challenged to let go. In other words, he has no choice but to let go of his old life. His old covenant life is at an end right now. See your old steps and formulas. See, this is our our we know we know how to get a prayer through. We know how to get an answer. It's been working for us like this for so long. It's easy. When that comes to an end and you start dealing with reality, huh? This is how you start. You know, it all comes to an end. We all got to add to our faith. We all got to add something to our little spiritual repertoire. Amen. For the glory of God. So you just need to add more to. You ain't done yet. You think you can get a few answers to prayer and think you know it all? Who? Who? Hmm? And then when the little stuff you've been using gets snatched out of your hands, that ain't working. No, I don't know. I, I keep confessing the word and it seems like it's just bouncing off the wall. I don't, like, I don't even believe that no more. Why are you not believing it? Because it's not doing what you want it to do. You think it's supposed to move a mountain the first time you say it. Or it's supposed to move everything the second time you say it. And oh Lord, I've said it three times and then they done. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Like little Dorothy, click your heels three times and you get automatically transferred back to Kansas. Huh? Kansas might be ten years down the road. Sister. Huh? <laughs> So he tells him to get up, go to a city. That's faith, folks. When you're blind, you're told to get up and go somewhere. You're just giving instruction. That means you're going to get there if you get up. First step is get up. So God tells him to get up. You notice Paul didn't sit there and whine and cry. And the men that traveled with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Saul arose from the earth. When his eyes were opened, he saw nobody. And he said, uh-oh. 
Now I know I made the right sacrifices at the temple last and I was there for the Passover and I did. <laughs> Why is it not working? You mean I'm going to have to walk blind, Lord? Oh, Lord. I'm going to have to limp for a while. Oh, I'm going to have to ask somebody for help. Oh, Lord. What happened to my walk of faith? Where I thought I didn't need nobody because I had so much faith. It's never like we think. You want something from God? It's never like you think. So quit moaning, crying, because you have no clue what it takes. You have no clue who else is going to have to be involved in it. You got no clue. So now you you have need of understanding. So that's what God's going to have to bring to Paul. See, steps and formulas are not understanding. Expectations of the way it's done is not understanding. Being disappointed because it didn't happen yet is not understanding. That's totally void of understanding. So he went three days without sight, food, or water. I guess Paul figured this stuff used to work on it. Let me see if anything is left working from, from the old covenant. You know, you sit in sackcloth and ashes and fast for three days. <laughs> let me try that. <laughs> or let me just sit here and don't move and wait on my deliverance. Amen. And so he was three days that way. And so there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord gave him a vision. And the Lord said to him, you get up. And you go up to a a street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. He's praying. He's praying. In your crawl, betcha. Most of us have more contact with God when we crawl in than we ever do when we're trying to work our little confess it, believe it, confess it, possess it. Believe it, confess it, possess it. Believe it, confess it, possess it. And whenever we get out of that little formula, we do a whole lot of praying there. We pray legal, we pray illegal, we pray scriptural, we pray non scriptural, we throw it all out there. Mm-hmm. Call we get real. Yeah, we getting real. For he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many of this man, how evil, heard from many people how evil he is. He's done to the saints at Jerusalem. And I've also heard this. So here we got Ananias, also called holy man. Don't you love it? A holy disciple of God listening to nothing but gossip. You got it? Huh? Chosen vessel. Some of his nose up at Paul, but he's listening to all the gossip about Paul. He heard nothing good from God about Paul. And Paul's been blind three days now, so there's probably been pretty opportunity for him to hear from Jesus about Paul, but he listened to the gossip instead. 
so much so that he's afraid to obey God for all the gossip he's heard that's the way we are you got your pet preachers you buy all their tapes read all this and all their books and all this kind of stuff and you you even heard from God that way instead of talking to God yourself about you getting your word seeking answers what do I need God what do I do God how do I do this it'll shock you the revelation you get when you really seek him but we do more seeking trust me crawling than we do standing upright so Jesus tells him he's seen a man named Ananias putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight so Jesus said look Ananias shape up brother I didn't already showed this man you coming Paul's already got the vision so what you gonna do and I says okay well just let me tell you let me put my two cents in before I get started okay let me tell you what I know the Lord said to him go for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel and then this is the kicker Jesus throws this in for fun to get Ananias since you're in the flesh Ananias I'll give your flesh I'll throw your flesh about I'll show him because I have to show him how great things he must suffer oh well if it's about Paul getting what's coming to him I'm your man send me here my lord send me I'm the one honey God knows how to motivate people trust me he gives us a prophecy and we receive it more in our flesh than we ever do in our spirit and we often believe in it enlarged in the border of our tent and bought the empty lot next door and expecting great things and Ananias went his way and entered into the house putting his hands on him <laughs> very slight <laughs> like if we could toss the anointing you know how you do sometimes you wave your hand people catch it Ooh. oh you gotta touch him Ananias went his way and entering into the house putting his hands on him brother Saul the Lord Jesus has appeared to you in the way that you came and sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight forthwith and arose every time God you have an encounter with God crawling you get a little more elevated see you arise first time Paul rose up what did he do he got up off the ground blind this time he stands up seeing every time you get seeing represents revelation from God write that down he receives revelation from God now if there's anything we envy about Paul those of us who are into envying good things I am Bible says earnestly covet the best gift what we envy about Paul is the amount of revelation he received from God revelation is always gotten the hard way that's between you and God you might get seeds of revelation from preaching and teaching but the major expansion of it will come in how you meditate on it and what you receive through meditating with God and seeking him in the scriptures 
You got me? You have to cultivate a relationship with God to get everything he wants you to have. So every time God encounters Paul, he gets elevated a little bit more. So here he has received his sight. He arises. He's baptized. And when he received meat and was strengthened, Saul was cer- certain days with the disciples that were at Damascus. And he began to preach straight away. He preached Christ. Now listen. He didn't go to seminary. He didn't go to theological he didn't go back to the synagogue to get more stuff from the Pharisees. He didn't go. The Bible says later on in the book of Acts, Paul says that he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And when God spoke to him, he immediately conferred not with flesh and blood. You don't need 15 people to confirm to you that you heard from God to go down the street and tell your neighbor about Christ. And that's essentially what Paul's doing here. If you look in verse 20, right away he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. That's an immediate empowerment all believers receive. You receive number one, the ability to forgive sins. And number, because you have been forgiven, whatever empowerment comes into your life, you can share that. So you can share forgiving people. So when you receive Christ, you receive immediate empowerment to preach the gospel. Write that down. Because people are looking for all kinds of things. Looking for a ministry. Looking for this. Looking for that. You're supposed to be busy preaching Christ every day that you live. We all are. That's something you can do immediately. But you know what people do? They come to pastor and complain. Well, so-and-so church, they go out in twos and fours. And you just passed 15 people coming here. You could have told about Jesus. Why are you bugging me to go out in twos and fours? I mean, seriously, folks. We move away from that so quickly. I'm telling you. And that's something we need to hold on to for dear life. Share the gospel with a stranger. You don't have to deal with the saints all the time. All we do is pull yank states from one church to the next and one conference to the next and one meeting to the next. Find somebody new. Then know the Lord. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them? <laughs> Gossip again. <laughs> Gossip follows Paul. But look at what happened to him. Verse 22. Where did he start out? Crawling. And then crawling some more. Got up and walked. But he had to be helped. Got to the place where he got his next empowerment. Was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Received empowerment by the Holy Ghost. Now he's at the next juncture. He's walking now. But he's walking crippled. He's crippled by his reputation. Oh. Uh, yeah people know stuff about you the devil knows stuff about you he wants to tell people huh you're crippled by your reputation we all have it to some degree somebody somewhere is going to tell somebody something about you that puts you in a bad light in their eyes and if they're crazy they'll listen to nonsense 
and we all spread gossip about people we've done it more more or less we get more mature as we grow with God and we realize that's stupid to try and derail somebody with talk you know so we cut it out hopefully (laughs) for good and so we as you mature and you grow up you realize that you need to be focusing on using what God has given you for good and not you know I'll see people that ministers that want to correct other ministers and because they have a TV show or something like that they get on nationwide television putting down somebody else who's preaching the gospel now there's some real lackluster preachers out there you got me their message is so generic it won't it won't send anybody to heaven for sure but it's definitely not casting anybody in the hell is just too lukewarm and when you hear it you think well my goodness where's the gospel I mean seriously like everybody applauds Billy Graham why because they're scared not to that's all they don't love his message his message of the gospel is not lukewarm and it's not really love but it's effective why because he stays with it he doesn't compromise and God will honor and protect people who stay with the message you start compromising and in all kinds of holes enter your shield and people start shooting at you shoot 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 but if you stay with the message Billy Graham preaches hell he preaches the devil he preaches you bet this might be your last chance he does everything to get people into the kingdom and that's why his message is honored that's why they can't form their mouths to say anything bad about him you got me I see one nut sometime every now and then talking about Billy Graham's message is all wrong you know and they're they're not doing much either you know I mean they're out there working sometimes people think because they're soul winners too they can criticize other soul winners but there's no room in our gospel for that there's only room for people who are for Jesus or against him amen so if you're for him just be for him you don't have to worry about anybody else who art thou to criticize another man's servant man you can't criticize you God hired him you don't have nothing to say about him amen he hired you so you do what God told you to do and stay focused amen so Paul begins to walk verse 21 they were amazed when they heard him is not him that destroyed so and so and such and such but verse 22 Paul increased the more in strength confounded the Jews which ain't hard to do when you got the Holy Ghost religious people are confused period when you speak to them by the spirit so after that here we go the Jews took counsel to kill him but it was known by Paul and they led him down the wall in a basket here we go crawling again he's got to depend on somebody else for his survival rumor is the basket was the same one they used to lower to the dung gate so it was the poop basket that he was in but he's still with God amen your life may feel like you're living in a poop basket but you're still with God amen what's important is who's in that basket with you and not what kind of basket you're in at the time amen 
<laughs> so Paul has to decide to hold on to his faith. Amen. He decides to hold on. So he receives his sight. He starts to walk again. And then pretty soon, gossip knocks him down. In fact, that's the one thing that continued to haunt Paul all of his walk was all of the negative speaking against him. All the negative expectations about him. All of the lies that were spoken and all the truth that was spoken against him. Another thing that, that Paul uh, became, became famous for was conflict with other apostles. Remember he and Barnabas took off together and he had to leave. I think it was Mark that he had started journeying with. And they couldn't come into agreement on some things. So in, in theologians right now will criticize Paul. Oh he didn't love Mark. No he loved Jesus more. You know, he and Mark, I'm sure down the road they straight. Don't you have people you don't walk with right now? You're going on with God and they're into religion or they play around or they still want to knock a few back and go kick it with you all that time. Yeah. Hopefully you'll meet them down the road somewhere and you'll... You don't drag dead weight around with you. You don't put people with you that you can't agree with. Amen. So you you have to let God handle these things. Don't be so critical about people that do things that you don't think mean love. You know, Paul loved the gospel even more. And so Paul eventually winds up... on a ship at the end of his life, toward the end of his life, winds up on a ship that he has a very prolonged kind of crawl experience. Amen. He winds up because there was a, 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 a storm that kicked up to um, to delay that ship, but they went and, and uh, set sail anyway. Trying to find that because I want to. I think I want to point out a couple things to you. What kept Paul going and what allowed him to get beyond that shipwreck expect or that shipwreck experience was his faith, his faith in God. And you could see toward the end of his walk, his faith begins to increase more and more. They set sail. It's around verse uh, chapter twenty-six. And Paul is is a prisoner of Rome. Amen. Uh, He's about to be arrested. I'm trying to think where he was when he was about to be arrested. Um, It's in, I think, Caesarea Philippi. He was um, about to be arrested and punished because the Jews began to accuse him again and so when Paul looked at them he just decided I guess he decided I'm not going to take one more beating off of nobody you understand I mean they beat him in every city he went to and put him in jail in every city he went to but this time he said no I'm not taking no more beatings from nobody so in a way you can say he stood up on his own you got me you know how sometimes you'll stand up on your own? Like for instance, if, if uh, somehow you, you, you can't allow faith to work and get your healing that way. 
and you say, well, I think I better go to the doctor and get this taken care of, and you go get it. And but you find that God is with you anyway. You understand what I'm saying? Even though you're not quote unquote standing on the word, you decide to use your faith in a different way. So you kind of stand up on your own. And that's where Paul did. He stopped them from beating him. And he said, are you going to, to punish a man who is a Roman citizen? So he puts himself under Caesar's authority and takes himself out from under God's authority. Just like we do when we want to go to the doctor and get, you know, it's like I could stand on the word and get this, but I want to get this out the way. I can't stand the pain anymore. You go to the doctor and now you're under the doctor's authority. But you still belong to God. You understand what I'm saying? You ask God to help you where you are. And so Paul did that. He appealed to Caesar. And that's what got him on the shipwreck. And that's what got him on the shipwreck. <laughs> See, it may be a longer, more difficult way. Or it may be the only way you know. But God is still there and he will help you. And the reason God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight is to spare you of the shipwreck. Spare you of it. By the, by the time they did get to Malta, they had lost the ship, almost lost all the people. Paul had fasted over 10 or 14 days. You know, three days was his max as far as we know. That was to get his eyeballs back. But now he's fasting for his life. They had many storms during that shipwreck. They it didn't end real fast. And sometimes that's where we're at in life. Your crawl be, turns not for you. It goes from a crawl to a shipwreck. You got me? And if you feel you're in a shipwreck, what do you do? You continue to hold on because God has not kicked you to the can yet. You got me? He's not kicked you to the curb. He is still going to help you. He's still going to be with you. But you got to go now through some extra steps. If you get surgery, you got to get the knife. You got to get the healing. It might take you six, nine months a year. To get totally put back. And then you're going to have some residual pain. They'll tell you, oh, you're still going to have some stiffness now because you know you have to. That kind of thing. And I'm not saying don't get surgery. If you want over with, you want over with. But you know what you put yourself in for. Most people would much rather get it supernaturally. You don't have to go through all that nonsense. So, you know, just find a way you need to seek God more to hold on to where you're at and and get it through instead of wanting to get it over with. Sometimes it's never over with when we take that attitude. So Paul was kept alive because of his faith in knowing that he had to go and see Caesar at some point. He had an appointment to see Caesar. And that's what let him know he would make it off that boat alive. And barely that. Amen. So Paul's walk begins a crawl. Gets a walk, a crawl, a walk, a crawl, walk, a crawl. And that was his life. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Every difficulty he had, God was there to get him out of it. But before he got out of it, he had a new revelation of God. I betcha. You see what he wrote? Uh huh. So he had to have known God through all of that difficulty. Peter didn't write that much. Peter looked what he good for two books. Huh? That's it. 
what's Paul good for? Almost two-thirds of the New Testament was written by him. There's a price to pay for everything. But I'm telling you, your little walk of faith is going to be a crawl sometime, folks. Don't be embarrassed of the crawl. That leaves you on your way. Huh? Babies that crawl for a long time eventually. You know, there's some, some children that are delayed in their development for some reason. They might have uh, neuro, neurological problems or some kind of disease. And if they crawl for until they're about four or five years old, the, baby, the parents are still as joyful when they begin to walk as if they had walked at a normal pace. And God is still joyful when we're completed, our crawl experience, because he knows another one's coming, but he, he rejoices with us when we can stand upright before him. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you for what you have done, Lord. We honor you and we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us and blessing us, keeping us in your place. Keeping us in a place of revelation and understanding like never before. We love you and we honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen.